0: Is it a Burton? Is it Michael Burton? Michael Burton. Yeah, Michael Burton, who, by the way, in short yardage situations, he's going to be a fantasy low-key guy because I'm already seeing through the first two, two games, like – Michael Burton on the short yardage. Yeah, just keep, put that in your your back pocket. But what if they the offense? So you're, you're looking for a fullback to convert short yardage for your fantasy. I, I, what fantasy league is think What a, fantasy a, league is that? Yeah, I don't think that's a good plan. <laughs> what that league is that? Gracious.
1: Holy cow! <laughs> Dude, is that like the short yardage <laughs> fantasy? Team? Yeah. Maybe that's a I fantasy mean, league, I've league I've that, never,
0: that never it involves every guy <laughs> <laughs> under six foot tall. Yeah, right. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's a six foot under fantasy uh, league. The, Russ is a star, you can oh D Mac. He said Russ is a star. Oh wow. You can only play guys on your six foot. No, no, seriously, last question on the way out. What if the offense doesn't pick up the first down on the ninth play Mm -hmm. of that drive? Does Russ come back out? Yes, yes, I really believe he does. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right. Um, We're hot. We'll leave and it there. there. Y'all, whoever you're with, D-Mac. You Stoke, Matt, y'all have, where, what? Stoke w- alumni,
1: alumni Day? I didn't see any Stokely Dude, out there.
0: Stokely is dedicated to work.
1: Everybody and their brother okay. was
0: out there for me. And, a- and was out there. Stokely, Stokely had, is no one's brother. We had oh. a remote today here at um, <laughs> at, at, at um, this Meadow Hills. Uh, Murphy Creek. Murphy, Murphy Creek. Creek. Close. Meadow um, yep. 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 Hills down is, the road. It is an awesome golf course. Great food. It is. And so... I chose to you know take care of my responsibilities. I, I work. Uh, those guys uh, okay. those guys don't work. So,
1: Dreesen, so. Dreesen is man that he's skinny. What is it with these guys getting skinny, like skinny, skinny? That
0: skinny waist. Okay. I saw that recently. I got to go. All right. You got to uh, go. Yeah, we both have to go. On you got to go. Today. Everybody's yeah. got to go. Yeah. But Sean
1: Payton's not going to let any of the muggles. He's not going to do the job for the muggles. <laughs> What's he
0: say? I'm not worried about getting that right for you. That don't
1: get that right for me. Classic. I know who he's going after, too. Uh, I don't think it's bad if I say his name. is. Uh, it's Chris Thomason. And Chris has spice, Zach, when it comes to asking questions. He does. I don't know who that is. He's he's been in this market for a long time, but he's really? new. He's Okay. I mean, probably if I saw him back to the Broncos beat and Chris is great. He's a live wire. He's uh he's sassy and I'm I'm pumped that he's he's around. But he's already had some classic moments with the coaches. And that was that was a great one today. I'm not
0: going to do your job for you, you stupid muggles. Sean Payton, <laughs> Are you
1: digging Sean Payton?
0: I'm digging covering Sean Payton.
1: Oh wow, seems like a fine line. What's the uh, what's the hesitation? Where where's why not the whole buy-in?
0: Uh, I, it's just too it's too early. Let's see what it looks like. Okay. He has coached one game in Denver. Um, okay, and he's been a the definition of a wild card. okay, okay. And, okay. And, 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 and by the way. If you wanted to say the definition of a hypocrite, you'd have an argument in court. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, all right, all right. Okay, I respect that. Right. I respect I'm, I'm that. just giving you the real. D-man. No, man, I, I'm that's all.
1: That's all I'm here
0: for. I'm, I'm kind of buying them, but I totally respect where you're coming from, and I totally get it. But, but on the heels of me saying that. I still haven't changed my mind since the day he was hired. I think that guy, yeah, is perfect for this situation right here and right now. It's a unique converging okay. and intersection of a personality like his. Okay. I, I, okay, I just I'm just not getting his name tattooed on me anytime soon because you don't know if he's here for the long haul, huh? I, I, well, it's not even that. I just I, I want to let the sample size increase. I mean, the guy okay. has, the guy has done four or five things in the first off That's been like, whoa! How many other coaches? in NFL football would do that or say that and mm. I know it's been you know uh, endearing to, to the fan base but you know if I'm just being honest again I'm just being real I'm a oh, I like fan it. I think he's perfect for, for right now but you know he asked for anonymous donors and less social media yeah. in the same off season how many other coaches this off season were openly tweeting at a media member telling them like 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 check your facts right, 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 like, right we saw right, that right. This, this off season
1: Um, Are you gonna keep a notebook on Sean like Jerry Judy, or uh,
0: where where are you you with that? um, Are you gonna start keeping receipts or D Mac? I I I I might have opened up a file on Sean. We got the Zach file, file, (laughs) a byline, (laughs) Uh, a byline. You know, just keeping tabs so I can stay organized when I have conversations like this because I don't like to just say stuff just to say it. No, I I know. I want to draw from something, and Sean Payton has given me ample ample uh, material to draw from. So to keep it all organized, yeah, I got a file on Sean. Okay. Okay,
1: a byline on Sean. I mean, the byline on uh, Judy is... uh, Melvin. Melvin's the real one. Melvin's is That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. It's more about Melvin than anybody. Alright, I'll let you guys go. Enjoy the uh, blast furnace day that is
0: today. And uh, we'll talk to you later. said, did you say uh, hi to Karen for me? Oh, yeah, Kalo. She's right here, man. Definitely. We, we love we love Kalo. I'll tell her you said hi. Oh, my God. She is, she's,
1: she's everything. She's, she's, the, best. she's the best. Love you, Karen. All right. All right. Thanks, you, Zach. D. All right. See you. Chad Brown in the Hello. house. What's up, Chad? How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Could not be better. Fired up. Could not be better. Could not be better. Could
2: not be better. What, what has put you into this special place? God, love in my heart. Just for everybody. Everybody and everything. Look
1: at the chicken fingers over there. Look at how gorgeous he is. That beard and the T-shirt and the hat there. And there's Drew just resplendent in something, you know. But no socks. Look at that. Never socks. Look at that. He looks like a bubblegum rapper today, Drew. It looks fantastic. I love it. And there's a guy KJ's uh, working away back there. You know, you, my guy, Chad Brown, who I've known for freaking years and years and years. I'm out at Broncos practice today. I'm seeing all those alum, man. You know, I'm, why, did, why weren't you there for the Broncos alumni uh, uh, event?
2: Despite uh, popular misunderstanding. Huh? Popular misunderstanding. I have never played for the Denver Broncos. Oh,
1: wait a second.
2: What I know, but what? You, what, you went to school here. You yes. live here.
1: Yes, you uh, have done TV and radio here for uh, more than two decades. I've
2: done Broncos games, Bron-
1: Bronco's games. I mean, you know, what do you ta- what,
2: what What do you mean? And play for the Broncos? Right, I know. And in the discussion on the Players Club today about the uniforms, I had to say. I've never worn a Broncos uniform before, but if I were forced to, I would like to wear the
1: all-whites. If I was forced to. So just another day in the Chad Brown life of everybody thinking he played for the Broncos. You know what would be funny? You know what would be funny if you really did just show up for a Bronco alumni sort of gathering? I, I, I bet you anything they would just be like, oh, yeah, of course,
2: Chad. I was in the FedEx suite. My shipping company is, yeah. it partners with FedEx. Yeah. Um, so I was walking around and I walked by the Bronco alumni suite. Come on in. They demanded. I was like, I'm not, I'm not a Bronco alum, but you're like one. You are. How could you be more like one than you are? Yes. And so. Did you go in? I, yes. Did you feel silly? Uh, no, I felt (laughs) at home, but I have been told by Broncos. I'm like an honorary Bronco. It's like, I don't think it quite works like that. Kind of. You know, I
1: call myself a poser buff. Because, you know, if I have to root for a college team, I'm going to root for the Buffs, as okay. I have for... Okay. Because I, I know so many Buffs. And it's not that I don't know Rams. I know Rams, too. I got nothing against the Rams. But I just identify more as a Buff. That's all.
2: Yeah. And I don't identify, but people identify me... As a Bronco. As a Bronco everywhere I go. So, someone will say, hey, you know, at the airport, you will bring their wife over. This is Chad Brown. He used to play for the Broncos. Is that why they're bringing their wife over? <laughs> I can't say oh, okay. what their real motivations are, but this, Just is, to meet a Bronco. this is a conversation that they have with me. And I go, yeah. no, no, no. I play for the Buffs. And then usually the wife is disappointed because I'm not a Bronco. But I'll say, oh, you know, I was a Steeler and a Patriot. Uh-huh. And then there's there the frown comes. Uh-huh. And, a, <laughs> and a Seahawk. So that's how that conversation goes. Uh, probably three to four times a week.
1: How those Patriot... Uh uh, reunion alum, do y'all just get together at like an axe throwing bar and throw uh you know daggers at Belichick? How does that... Is
2: that is that how that goes? Stan Brock, who played up at CU, uh, <laughs> the longest tenured NFL players from CU. Cliff Branch. Yeah. Stan Brock. Yeah. Chad Brown. Yeah. Stan Brock was the head of the Patriots Alumni Association until this year. Oh, okay. He just retired. Oh, all right. And they actually do some pretty cool things Have you
1: there. ever gone back for a Patriots alum something?
2: No. You know, that was such a small window Have of any, my career. How much
1: time are you with the Patriots? I forget.
2: Uh, my 13th year, my the entire 13th year. Okay, well, for a full season then. I went out for training camp year 14. Okay. I got released with the last cuts, ended up joining the Steelers to finish that season.
1: And what? When was you were eating grapes? Year that was your fifteen? The grapes in the line you got cut like three times by Belichick. Yes, in line at the uh, cafeteria.
2: No, the first time was in the weight room, essentially. Weight room, right? Then, right the, then, then it was, in the, cafeteria. Then it was in the cafeteria. Then he got you with the grapes. Yes, yeah. He <laughs> got grape cut. <laughs> didn't even go up to the office. No. Nope.
1: It's oh. like, hey, while I'm nibbling on things, let me change your life. <laughs> you need to leave.
2: I know. I told you. you won't that's be, enough uh,
1: time. That's enough time to go to a Patriots something or other. Oh,
2: I'm sure there's guys with far less experience than I have. I mean, I I started games. You know, I was a leading tackler.
1: Oh, my God. That would be so awesome to see you there with uh, my guys like Russ Francis and Steve Grogan and Sam Bam Cunningham, all my heroes. I and
2: Tippett, All those guys. John uh-huh. Hanna.
1: Uh, John Hanna. Yeah, man, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I met all those guys; they're all cool. Dude. John Smith, the kicker from England, no, barefoot kicker. Yeah, you know, it goes back. That's a snowplow. Remember the snowplow oh, game? Okay, yes, he was the kicker for them back then, well, back the, back in the day. He did sock. Baby I'm Tony Eason, just give a high five to Tony Eason for yes. me. Bledsoe,
2: you know. Well, Drew and I were the same class out of college. How about that? Well, I played an all-star game with Drew.
1: Palsy wowsies Yes. Oh my God, Peter and Eileen back in Ipswich. Oh my God! So we should. I told them Chad was that a Patriots alumni thing. Oh my God! So I invite Peter. Ah, oh, that would be Peter would love it. You gotta have Flutie there. <laughs> Flutie flakes. Gotta have. Some, oh, I got the the box of Flutie flakes. Flutie. What was Flutie? kicked that extra point. The. Uh, um... Oh, ah, the bounce kick, whatever you would call that, for the Patriots. Remember that? Drop kick. Drop kick, drop kick. The
2: last Sorry. drop kick in NFL history. I was on the field. That was against the Come Dolphins. Come on! I, I started that game.
1: Come on! That's awesome! Yeah.
2: And so Doug had been doing it all year long, <laughs> particularly on Saturdays. And, yeah. he, and he would call Bill over. He called Bill over. Yeah. And I guess he and Bill made the arrangement yeah. that they were going to do it. It was going to be the you know probably the last drop kick in NFL history. You were on special teams then, were you? Uh, I played, uh, I was the wing on field goal, uh, field goal. So so were you on the field? No, I was not on the field for that one. But during that year, I played
0: on that unit.
2: Hey,
1: can we get some more? Does everybody want more great Patriots stories from Chad? (laughs) Who wants to hear more? You're the one asking questions. Who wants to hear more so awesome Patriots? That's exactly
0: what Broncos country wants to hear.
1: More great Patriots stories. You're asking questions. My God, will he just shut up about the stupid Patriots? Uh, We'll tell you what happened at the Broncos practice. I hope you're okay with that. Coming up next. Sports station 1043 the fan presents the drive. SteamAc Chad Brown. Don't be cruel. It's every little step. It's your prerogative. What about so listen time? to 1043 the fan? It's
0: Listen the
2: telephone. But when it gets your
1: call I'm all up. Can't believe it all my Oh man, what a day, what a
2: day. Glorious day. What? We were just talking about the Patriots, and then KJ played a Boston boy band. There's no way he knew that.
1: There's no, what? Zero chance he knew that. It did happen. But you got it. Yes. You got it. I know it. Come on, Bobby. All Broncos practice today. You see was no, out no, there? Nope,
3: nope, we're, we're not going there. We're going back to what Chad just said because we're not just going to run over that. What What do you mean? New Edition put out a three-part series. So I know everything
1: about New Edition that they told us about. Name the five guys in New Edition, go. No, it's fine. Uh,
2: Bobby, Ronnie, Mike. R-I-C. Ricky? Yes.
3: R-A-L. Basil. Raph. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he was
1: he was a kid from the outer suburbs, from the South Shore. And from he <laughs> he, was, he was the original fifth kid in new edition. He just didn't quite fit in. He was from Scituate, <laughs> and uh, you know, just uh, you know, just didn't. He could dance. He could dance, but he just uh, it just wasn't the same sort of thing. So uh, they put him on a uh, slow boat to the it. and then they got uh, you know. Basil, but the original <laughs> member—that's behind behind the music. Okay. There you go. And then there's Johnny.
2: Yes, Johnny John, Gill.
1: Johnny Gill. Yeah, of course.
2: Of kind course. of the honorary sixth member.
1: Okay, uh, practice. Mm-hmm. If everybody likes practice, Drew Brees was out at practice yes. today. How about that?
2: The mm-hmm. breezer. What do you do? You think that adds anything to what? Sean Payton is trying to do, or is it just a nice, fun thing to have Drew Brees there?
1: It was interesting, like the the Breezer. That's what that's what we call him, mm-hmm. because he We found out he was visiting his brother, who is a fellow Centellian from Centennial.
2: Okay,
1: I'm actually. It's so embarrassing that my mailing address is Centennial. I hate, hate, hate the fact that I technically live in Centennial, not Aurora. It drives me nuts. So very, very few times can I use it to my uh, bonding benefit. But uh, me and Drew Brees' his brother live in the same town.
2: And then you just kind of walk over next to him and cross your arms and say, you know, I, I up, live Drew? in Centennial, too.
1: Yeah, hey, don't like we meet in downtown Centennial, you know, Arapahoe and Peoria, you, you know.
2: People say to me all the time, you know, uh, my uncle had a snake. <laughs> and you're just like, so we're supposed to bond over that right on. Centennial's the stupidest
1: town, city, whatever it is in Colorado. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it is. It's the dumbest town.
2: Do you know where downtown Centennial is? Oh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just compiling my list of school teachers, Selena, Little, World, Little League World Series, and now Centennial. Come on at me A-List. with
1: a dumber town in Colorado than Centennial.
2: <laughs> downtown Centennial is
1: Arapahoe Road. Okay. The town of Centennial is off of Arapahoe Road. Centennial's like this pencil. It's, it's long and narrow. It's actually like a rectangle, not a not pencil. But just think of it like a super skinny rectangle, Chad. And that's dumb Centennial. If that's how you feel about Centennial, how do you feel about Pueblo? I love Pueblo. What's wrong with Pueblo? I don't think anything's wrong with it. I'm just trying to I'm telling get you. a feel for what have you, you ever like and what you don't Hey, like? man, you ever been at the Bell Game, right? Pueblo East, Pueblo South? You ever been there? I actually Maybe have Maybe Pueblo North and South. Listen, they have the Bell Game. It's a big deal. And the whole Rank family... Troy, his twin brother, is racing Hall of Fame dad. Pueblo, Pueblo's heart and soul, folks. Centennial's a bunch of idiot posers, and I'm one of them. Because <laughs> I I walk out my door, Chad, and I'm in an Aurora. I love Aurora. I freaking love Aurora, and I hate Centennial. But I've had a Centennial mailing address for the past freaking twenty this is years. This on my
2: bingo card. D- but Max. that's why
1: hate hatred of Centennial. Yes just no character to it. There's no pride in it. I don't care about it. Just dumb. It's just a dumb town in Colorado. Stupid town. <laughs> Aurora has character. I love Aurora. Aurora is okay. Aurora's, Aurora's my Aurora's Aurora's my a, jam. Surprisingly large, the footprint. It's, yeah, it's, it's humongo. Yeah. But I love Aurora. Can't stand Centennial. <laughs> Good on Greenwood Village. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Drew Brees is there. That was cool. So here's how he here's how he hung out. He did not watch from the side, Chad. Mm-hmm. Did not watch from the side. He uh, he's visiting his brother, so it's not like like Jared Allen was back out there today. Like he's doing like real coaching, Jared Allen. What's it, your take on that? Uh, it's it's toe in the pool, it, but it's coaching. You know, he's out there with the players, actually coaching. Uh, he's not officially on the staff. He's just um, you know, I think Sean Payton's doing him a favor. And just
2: see how it goes. So you see it's more of a favorite to Jared Allen than a benefit to the Bronco. Well, I think, I think it could be both, for sure. I think there's something to be learned from a... Can it be? He's oh, a Hall of Fame guy, isn't he? You coached many sports. Well, years. yeah, okay, mostly baseball, but mostly, go ahead. Yes. And so if uh, Larry Walker were to show up to your baseball practice, the kids would be excited. But do they walk um, away with some kind of knowledge... That is going to benefit them long-term. Because coaching is about consistency. It's about practice. It's about walking well, I mean, it over is, and over and over. Is
1: Larry out on the field or is he sitting on the bench with a heater? I mean, what, what is it?
2: <laughs> what, what's he doing? He's, he's going to spend five minutes, ten minutes with the kids after practice. And he's going to do it three times during the year.
1: Uh, my kids are going to benefit. Okay. Ain't no doubt about it. I mean, I'm going to have to tell them who Larry Walker is. I'm right. not going to know. Let's just start there. But, you know, if you – but sure. No, I'm going to benefit from Larry Walker. Yeah, hell yeah. Right. I'm going to benefit as a coach from Larry Walker.
2: I'm giving you my Von Miller story, right? Uh, About the jersey? We'll talk to you. Tell me again. Von Miller was working over at Lauren Landau's place. Yeah. I was Lauren's first client out of college. Okay. So my jersey has a very prominent position at his place. Uh-huh. First client kind the of thing. The one in Centennial? The one in Centennial, yes. <laughs> so Vaughn Miller's working out, and he looks up, and he sees my jersey, and he says, Chad Brown? I didn't know he played. I thought he just did media. Wow. So when you say the kids wouldn't know who Larry Walker was, I'm sorry, dude. These current Broncos may not know who Jared Allen is. Mm. Mm. Cuts like a knife. That's how quickly they forget about you. You sure? It's just not you.
1: <laughs> I mean, Vaughn didn't know you. Pat McAfee didn't know you. Chad Brown. Chad Brown. <laughs> I don't know, Chad. Uh, yeah, who knows? I I think Jared Allen, uh, that's a good question about Jared Allen. I don't know if they know him or not. Mm-hmm. But it's only been a couple of times, not a lot. But Drew Brees watched practice from out in the middle of the field, standing mostly next to Sean Payne, because that is a little awkward. Like, what do I do with my hands? You know, where uh-huh. where, where do I stand? Who uh-huh. do I talk to? You know, he talked to, to Michael Burton, who he was a teammate with in New Orleans for uh-huh. a little bit. And uh, there might be a couple of other dudes out there that have some... Drew Brees, go-backs, you know, not many, but maybe a couple of others. Burton, for sure. And It was just kind of cool to see him out there. And then after practice, he was chilling with the uh, Walton Penner group, and we saw Greg Penner and uh, Carrie Walton because today was a huge day for ownership to be around because it was alumni day, mm-hmm. one of a couple of alumni days, I believe. And there were tons of alums out there. It was really cool. Lots of guys out there. You would have fit right in. <laughs> and uh, and in addition, there's Drew Brees. And then they had some fufu shishi sponsors that were around. So it was quite a day. And guess where they put practice? Guess where they put practice? In the bubble. In the bubble.
2: It's not a bubble. It's a field house at this in point. In the field house. Yes. Yeah, I practice in the bubble. That's not a bubble. You good with them being in the field house? Uh, you know, if you can... If you got some very specific things you're trying to work on and you're not trying to replicate game conditions, you're trying to install some things. It was big install day, no pads. Yeah, so if you if wind's going to be an issue, if noise is going to be an issue. Very, all those,
1: very windy. Today. Yeah, so all yep. those
2: things come up and you're like, this is going to take away. Now, if it was a Wednesday practice during the season, and it's probably going to be a home game and it could be windy during the game, well, let's take advantage of this. But today, to do an install, no, let's go inside the field house.
1: I thought it was brilliant. They kept the energy going. They had music for the vast majority of the entire practice. Mm-hmm. It was great for the alums and sponsors and everybody. Seriously, it's just it's just more comfortable, top to bottom. And, uh, you know, it was 7-on-7. Seven seven, I mean, not 7-on-7. Seven seven, it was uh, unpadded. They did 7-on-7. Seven seven, they did team. They had competitive red zone. They did all that, chat. But, you know, unless you have the pads on, who cares? Now, the reason why I thought it was a beautiful move, perfect move by Sean Payton. Perfect. Tomorrow is going to be a bloodletting. Tomorrow is going to be where the train comes to town. The rubber meets the road? The rubber meets the road. The bird hits the sky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The pebble skips on the ocean. Right, I got it. Okay, big things are happening. The thorn meets the rose. Okay. (laughs) Because
1: it's joint practice time. Yeah. The Rams. Mm -hmm. And I don't think many first-teamers are going to play, maybe a couple, who knows. But Russ certainly isn't going to play. You're talking about the game on Saturday. Yeah, the game on Saturday. Listen, if you got tickets and you're going cool, that's, that's awesome. And there'll be certain things, but, man, if you're going to do anything, I mean, I know it's not open to the fans. That stinks. I wish it was. Uh, but tomorrow's going to be probably the most intense practice of the entire preseason. Most intense practice of the entire preseason coming up. Tomorrow, you really think so? I think Thursday may even get canceled. It's going to be so ferocious. Uh, tomorrow, considering, do you, do you see what's going on at these
2: joint practices recently? They're they're brawls almost every single time. Um, but now we're seeing coaches turn them down rather than turn them up. I know, I don't know, we'll, we'll see.
1: I asked Josie Jewell about how, uh, did it get out of control last year against the Cowboys? And He looks at me and goes, What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Apparently he's still holding
1: so, uh, grudge. If you guys can find that from Josie Jewell, I got a. What do you think? Uh, what do I think? It was like World War Three with the defense and the uh, the Cowboys' offense. What right. do I think? I, I I think there were seven different fights during that period. That's what I uh, you know. What do I think? Josie scared me a little bit. Like Josie is kind of like low key, kind of scary. Like the like very polite, scary. Like very polite person, but mm-hmm. he'll just rip your head off. At any moment. With a smile on his face? Yeah, the nice dude nice. who's a killer. There you go. Him and Singleton are kind of, you yeah, know, they're psycho inside linebackers.
2: you got to be a little nuts to play that the, position. The crew of you. I mean, there was. I used to be. I'm not nuts anymore.
1: Yeah, but there, there had to be something wrong with you at, at some point to play that position. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what the deep psychological dive would be to make you want to play that particular position.
2: Receivers love the glory. Uh, Running backs love the touchdowns. Um, I took pleasure in your pain. And with that. It brought uh, me happiness. See, that's wrong. (laughs) That's just wrong.
1: But there were things that were right for the Broncos, Chad. And there's a big number who is back on the field. Details next. I feel like we have to uh, clear something up, Chad Brown. What's that? KJ, Drew, everybody listening. I, I know I feel like I went on and on and on about the, uh, you know, the thing there with the, uh, you know, the, the one second, the, this the, this. I thing. could have looked at that last time,
3: last play, to see if there was time left on the clock, but there would have had to be two seconds on the clock as the NFL rules he and not One second. Yeah, yeah so,
1: turns out... That is actually a rule. Like just flat out. That is an NFL rule. <laughs> and that just blows me away. And good for Greg Papa. Yes. Um Greg Papa on the Niners broadcast, who said that, got well, you got the scoop. I should let you tell uh where, where he got that. So from.
2: during the show yesterday, I texted Greg Papa. He got to us back to us after our show. I'm trying to see the, And he uh, heard from a uh, person who was part of the officiating crew in the past. Well, the that's, it's, it's
1: uh, Pierre or whatever. It's Mike the, Pierre, yes. It's like the head TV officiating guy, mm-hmm. the, the big kahuna of uh, rules.
2: Yes. And so he explained the, the rule to Greg. So that's why Greg ran with it on air. Uh, I'm trying to pull this up Uh, Uh, Replay would have looked to see if there was time left on the clock But there would have to be at least two seconds left for them to put time back in I don't like the rule, but it is what it is This is coming from Mike, uh, former head of league officiating Wild, right? Completely wild
1: So nobody knew that this rule existed and uh, it does. And so here's, I got the Broncos side of things. Um, when this was all going down, Mark Thews, who's awesome, Mark's such a good dude, came in here with Josh McDaniels and is here to this day. Good for Mark, such a great guy. Well, Mark has a lot of different jobs with the Broncos, But one of them is just to keep up on just game management, that sort of thing, amongst other jobs that he has. Mm -hmm. And he knew it right away. They reached out to him, the Broncos PR, and he knew it right away. And they conveyed that message also to Sean. Now, I was told Sean did know what the rule was and was actually much more upset about it not being ruled a touchdown. Okay, I'll take them at their word that he knew what what the rule was, but I'll tell you this. If Sean Payton didn't know that rule, I I would get it.
2: I would have some grace.
1: Yeah, because seriously, how many rules do we come across in the NFL that the vast majority of people, yourself, Adam Schefter, Steve Levy. Mace. Mace. Me. I don't know. I don't know one person who knew it was a rule. But there's a rule. In the NFL, if there's less than two seconds and you go to spike the ball, they are not going to review it to see if there was time left on the clock. Boo-hoo. Tough, uh, tough taters. That's the way it goes.
2: An on-the-field ruling the time expired during or after the last play of any half or of any overtime period in the preseason or regular season or of an overtime half of the postseason is reviewable by the replay official only—, only. When the visual evidence demonstrates that the clock should have stopped with two seconds or more remaining.
1: So here's what's a fun fact that we now know about the uh, the NFL. Time is a strange construct in the world of the NFL. Very. There's not fractions of seconds. Nope. So we live in a bizarre multiverse in the NFL where fractions of seconds don't accumulate to a second. In fact, so... As soon as you get to 1.9 seconds, it becomes
2: an equivalent of zero. For this rule's implementation, correct.
1: What world are we living in where 1.9 and those,
2: the points, the tenths of seconds. Don't matter? Don't matter. I need to – so <laughs> yesterday – How bizarre is that? We were asking everybody no one knew what it was. Now we know what the rule is. Now we've actually someone sent in the actual reading uh, of the ruling. Yeah. Now I need someone to explain to me why this is what it is. Who knows? That's the next question I need answered. It's
1: why does the NFL ignore time? It's a fascinating question. Like what does the NFL think time actually is? It's not fractions of moments that lead up to bigger moments. It's yes. it's two, 0 <laughs> That's it. Cuz as soon as it would go to 1.9 technically. It's 0. It's 0. As far as replay. As it's far cons- as as far as replay. Yes. It's crazy. It's cr- so you go, if you down a ball, you cannot down it. With less than
2: two seconds. Nope. You cannot do it. And if you see three on that clock, get down, because it's going to take the clock operator some time to turn it off.
1: Yeah, man. And you sh- might
2: be under the window. Now you can't re- review.
1: So Greg Papa, way to go. That was absolutely right. You got Greg it. Greg
2: didn't have, well, he read the information. Whatever. From Mike. He got it right on the broadcast.
1: He, well, that's what a broadcaster does. He got it, and, hey, I'm not trying to bag on my guy Steve Levy, because right. I think Steve is amazing. He's going to go to his grave knowing that one's wrong. I mean, you know, it's, it'd be an interesting thing to straighten out. Well, if I was in the booth with Steve, I wouldn't have been able to help him. Nobody would. <laughs> nobody would. Literally nobody knew this rule existed. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating, man. I mean, it's just uh, it's one of those wild, wild quirks. Because why can't you ground a Why aren't there fractions of seconds, tenths of seconds, like there is in the NHL and uh, NBA. the NBA? There's fractions of seconds. And the, the NBA has their own rules. Like, you can't inbound a ball, and it can only get tipped in if it's, like, 0. .4 or something like that. It can't be with 0. .2. I don't know. There's, there's other ways that they define time. But in the NFL, it's like interstellar. We're living in a bookcase, and time is just instant and non-existent all at the same time. It's crazy. So that's the story there. I don't need to belabor it any longer. But I just thought it was so fascinating. And then Sean Payton. Do you think Sean Payton really knew that rule or not? <sighs>
2: I would hope he would, but if he didn't, I would have some grace. But he was certainly upset with the officials going off the field at halftime. And was his anger, like as Patrick said, due to them not calling that play a touchdown, Right. was it because he had some misunderstanding of the clock situation
1: there. Well, you can't blame him for, because everybody thought, yes, spike the ball with one second. You got time on the clock. We should get another play here. And, and don't forget how quick the review was. It was like a non existent Well, now we know. Mm-hmm. They don't need to spend time reviewing it because it it's happened. with reviewable. It happened in the infinitesimal amount of evaporated time that is the NFL.
2: 1.9, no review. 2-0 in-, in terms of that rule. Then you can review. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, NFL's it's, got it's, some weird it's things. Nuts. As we talked about with Mace yesterday. I mean, they still pull out two sticks and a chain. I know. To measure these most critical moments in a ballgame.
1: Anyways, that was our little yeah. thing. So, hey, you, y'all, y'all got a little smarter, and who knows if that'll ever come up. It may not, but you could win some bar bets with your friends at the bar for that one. Good luck. Good luck getting that trivia question right. Uh, Troy will join us. Troy Rank. Nice. He of Pueblo. And uh, he will tell us about Mike McGlinchey being back. McGlinchy back rank next
3: yeah. Well well, well. Yeah. Yeah. Hey.
1: What are we doing? Are we getting sexy time with Troy rank?
0: Drifting hold a memory
3: Uh Troy rank Troy, how are you, pal? Doing fantastic, guys. How are you?
0: I'm
1: feeling kind of oh, groovy right now, so i got to be honest with you.
3: Loving huh. you.
1: Loving Troy. Troy Rank of Denver 7 joins us, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Woo! Today, it's a, heating, it's a blast furnace out there, Troy, today, huh? Hot, windy.
3: That was not good. Yeah, but we were inside for most of it, waiting for the interview. So (laughs) the took a bit, but we got Jalil McLaughlin at the end, and he's worth it. I mean, when you look for guys if you're in Broncos country to root for, Jalil McLaughlin's easy to root for. You know, a kid from Youngstown State, D two, who all he's done is put his head down and work hard and opened eyes. I I cannot see a roster, a fifty three man roster without him on it. Because he gives them something they don't have. Which is just caffeinated speed. He's just different. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was an interesting day media wise, and to see Drew Brees out there was cool. To see, I know he knows obviously Coach Payton, but he knows Russell Wilson. He got a chance to talk with uh, Kerry Walton Penner and Greg Penner, and we saw Jared Allen at one point. Jared Allen was standing there with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and I'm like, that's potential three Hall of Famers standing right there in the Broncos' bu- not bubble anymore, but Broncos fieldhouse. So that was kind of cool. Well, after, um, you know, coaches from
1: the uh, 30s all get inducted in the Hall of Fame, and Sean Payton's been dead for 30 years, that'll be Sean Payton's time to get in. That's that's what we're learning um, about how to get in as a Hall of Fame coach, Troy, which, of course, makes yeah. perfect sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, and obviously this is, it's a punch back at the Mike Shanahan thing. And, and listen, I covered Shanahan. I covered the Broncos from 96 to 2000, so I covered the first, uh, the back-to-back Super Bowls. And that alone, that window is Hall of Fame worthy, but his legacy and his coaching tree and his impact on the offensive game uh, that it's still going today, the imprint he's left on offensive football, it's just, its to me, it's just mind-boggling that he's not in. And I understand the process and the mechanics of it, complicated with the contributor and the coach and owners looking out for other owners. The whole process is flawed. And I'm a baseball Hall of Fame voter. So I say that. Like, we get ripped for stuff, and I understand that. But roughly now, it's like 400, 400 of us vote for the baseball Hall of Fame. You have to have 75%, and you vote in a vacuum. To have to politic for people it's in ridiculous. a Hall of Fame, ridiculous. to me, is just completely undermining the the, the entire issue. Now I, I get it, I guess, but why why not just have voters? And you either vote them in or you don't. And to politic, it yep. creates backdoor deals it creates it just looks that way and maybe it's not but the optics of it aren't great when it's just a bunch of people in the room debating it when why not just do it in a vacuum we do it for baseball great and it doesn't mean it's easier to get in but at least you know it's in a vacuum good stuff troy
2: all right troy uh, a couple of broncos returned to the practice field today Uh, number one how do they look and do you anticipate any of these guys participating in the scrimmages or in the game on saturday
3: Yeah, Mike McGlinchey being back is important. He was out basically a couple weeks with that spring knee, so obviously it wasn't serious uh, in terms. And he looked great on the side field. Like if I think if it had been a regular season, he could have played against San Francisco. Agreed. That's how much progress I saw him, Chad, making on the side field. And he traveled with the team. He's looked good. Uh, they're a better run blocking team when he's in there. Uh, and they need him in there for the continuity because the pass blocking for me is still a concern. But he's a run blocker. That one, That is one thing he does really well. We saw that even today on a couple of runs. Justin Simmons was back in there in a limited capacity. I don't know that we'll see him do anything this week. McGlinchey, I think, based on the way they're using him at practice today, I would expect to see him in the joint practices both uh, Wednesday and Thursday against the Rams, or at least one day. I don't know about Simmons. I just think Mm -hmm. that Simmons, he it just looks like they're really slow playing that. There's really no reason in terms of his position that he has to be in there. It's not like the continuity of an offensive line. But they got Brandon Johnson back today. Yep. I still think he makes the team, but he might need to play well this week. Uh, but I just with the injuries to Virgil and Tim Patrick, I don't see how he doesn't make it. And Chris Manhurts was back. And the, again, people in the Broncos country really don't know that name, but he's one of the best blocking tight ends in football. So getting Manhurts and McGlinchey back totally changes the dynamic of that offensive line in terms of the run game. Okay, yeah, I mean Glinchy was um participating.
1: Simmons not so much. I could I, I couldn't tell right. if man hurts. Um Manhertz John- was in there. He was, he was okay. in there. Okay. All right. Uh Brandon Johnson makes the team, huh? Who are your five receivers? Uh well, obviously you have Sutton, and Johnson, well, hold on, hold on. You, bro- you, sorry, you broke up a little. Did you say sudden Judy, Mims? Johnson, Johnson. That's four. You think Johnson that- is that big of a slam dunk to make the team, huh? I guess, obviously. I do, you know. based on
3: it and June. Now, again, this is a fluid situation. If he comes back, he doesn't look right with the ankle. I mean, he's not like he has a, a resume, but he was clearly the number three before he sprained his ankle and so I would have those four, and then between Callaway and little Jordan Humphrey, it's one of those guys. I don't know which one, and I don't have Montreal Washington on right now. I don't. Now, they could carry six, and Peyton talked about this, D-Mac. You were there. Like, those last five roster spots, a lot of it comes down to special teams need. Like, what does this guy do? It's not just, okay, we got to carry six receivers. It's, what is his real role? Cause the six receivers not getting in the offense almost ever. So does he have something that we need to make us a better team? And Montrell's problem is, is he and Mims are similar players. And if Mims is involved in the offense, I don't know where the fit is from Montrell at that point. And Callaway, I thought was going to make it, but he really hasn't popped yet. Little Jordan yeah. Humphrey. If you go back and watch that game, they targeted him a lot. Like they're giving him an opportunity to looks like to make the team, so it feels like he has a slight edge, but that could go either way between Humphrey and Callaway. All right, Troy. Any other uh, little nuggets? Troy Bites? Well, you know, today Rankisms. was different. And the one thing I liked about Quinn Miners, I did ask him, how you, and Chad's lived oh, yeah. this, how do you balance the intensity of these joint practices and not allowing it to evolve into a fight? And he said, as a line, oh, yeah, it's yeah. up to us. Like we are there basically as the protectors. We're going to clean it up. If it gets ugly, like it's, you don't want to have it just turn into guys slugging each other. Cause nothing gets done. We all like it in the media. Cause it's an easy story. Yeah. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to lie about that. But if you're trying to get work done fighting and stopping practice, every five minutes is not good. Mm-hmm. I just, I will see where they are on Thursday because that's the day, as Chad knows, that second day, yep. usually somebody has taken something personal. A coach has lit up a guy, said, You got pushed around. What Ooh, are you going to do about it? Let's go. That's the day I watch
1: for fights. Yeah, I asked Josie Jewell about it. He, um, he said, What'd you think back to me? And I, I put very unintentionally Quinn Miners on the spot. I actually feel bad about that because I really wasn't trying to put him on the spot. But I put him on the spot. I feel bad about that, about the space stuff. But we, we got that. We have the audio of it, and we'll uh, play it for you because it's, um, it's funny. It's Troy Rank of Denver 7 presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air and fighting, fighting, fighting. One of the Kelsey brothers is getting after it today. They're calling off practices. Mm-hmm. Jo- Josie Jewell gave me uh, what you think about the uh, Cowboys-Broncos practice last <laughs> time. Like, I'm like, no joke. Man, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there next.